You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode 986. I've asked Nick Jordan, founder of Wells of Life Incorporated, to be our guest. You know, after fundraising for schools in Uganda, Nick witnessed an overwhelming amount of poverty and a lack, a shocking lack, of clean water. He is now committed to bringing clean water to hundreds of communities in need. I've asked him to join us today to tell us more about the organization's second Run for Water event that's luckily happening, if you're listening to us on the live stream, later next month in April. We love reviews of our show on your favorite podcasting platform. This is a great way for others to find the program. You know, since we started our show in 2009, we've reached several hundred thousand listeners with our podcasts and our live streams. So, Nick, let's start by learning a little bit about you. Can you tell us kind of a story about your background and just help us get context for who you are? I certainly can. Well, I'm an immigrant, or as they say, I'm an import all the way from Ireland in 1986, I said goodbye to the Irish weather and arrived in California uh, to seek fame and fortune. And as luck and a little bit of faith and my mother's prayers would have it, um, I became a real estate agent in 1993. A little bit of a slow start because I had to try a few other professions first, but that became my chosen profession. Hmm. So why did you leave? Was it the Emerald Island? Emerald Isle? Why did you leave Ireland to come to Southern California, Nick? Well, it was a series of things called uh, TV programs. Uh, You really portray this beautiful (laughs) life, uh, the beautiful ladies, the sunshine, uh, the streets paved gold, Beverly Hills. Everything that I heard uh, was what beckoned. And the Irish weather finally got just a little bit too difficult to endure. So So. all of that. All right. And did you come to Orange County? Because we're in Orange County now. Or did you come to Los Angeles when you first relocated? Well, it's always a good idea to get the story straight. And so I actually came to Houston, Texas. Uh, simply because our family used to watch the soap Dallas. <laughs> and uh, it was a short pit stop. I did yeah. not find JR, and I didn't find work. And I was fortunate to know the O'Connor family from the mortuary business. And oh, they yeah, actually sure. allowed me to uh, find my bearings and get my feet planted on the ground in Laguna Hills. Okay. I love Laguna Hills. I lived in Laguna Hills for a number of years before moving out of there. So tell me a little bit about your organization. I, I sort of mentioned in the in the open that wells for life was sort of born of your direct experience but give us context for the nonprofit that you're leading and we're going to talk a little bit about clean water here as well well it was not a direct route uh, i had no plans on uh, leading a nonprofit, uh, wells of life or any other organization for that matter i actually emigrated to find the american dream and the american dream for me was defined by having uh, money lots of it uh, cash flow would have been really nice. Uh, property, that was my chosen sphere of work. Uh, but as things happened and they turned out, opportunities opened uh, that I was not aware of. And the opportunity that created Wells of Life happened in 2008. Okay. So in 2008, I had an opportunity to travel to Uganda. Uh, I mentioned earlier I was involved in the real estate space, and we all probably have a recollection that business was not booming in 2008. Yeah. I simply decided to go and see some of the schools that I had helped raise funds for, and that right there was a real 
eye-opening experience, as you mentioned. The, the view of poverty, uh, the suffering, everything that I saw really brought me to the one conclusion. Water was the most critical component, and what was missing everywhere I went. It's shocking. Um, you know, we, we were, uh, Nick and I were talking earlier before, obviously, the show started a little bit, and he gave me some uh, shocking information, statistics, frankly, about the how many people in, on the globe do not have fresh water every day. So let, let's set context with that, if you wouldn't mind. It, we take it for granted here. I, most of the people that are listening to my show probably have no issue with getting clean water as simple as turning on their tap. Well, I guess over the last four or five months, I think we've really received about as much water as we need here, yeah. thankfully, in Orange County. But yes. for a great part of the world, every day, lack of water is what becomes life's greatest struggle. There's actually 1.1 billion people uh, every day lack water. That's like one-seventh of the world's population, right? I mean, yeah. there's 7 billion people roughly on the, on the globe now? Well, it's an easy math, and you know, all of the math, unfortunately, points to the fact that 4,300 children die today simply because there, were, there was no access to water. 75% of hospital beds in Africa are filled simply because people drink infected water. And anybody with a common brain in their head would say, why would you do that? Well, the reason is simple. Because given a choice, you will drink whatever you have to to stay alive. Yeah, and the lack to. of water is really the biggest critical component. You can only go a couple of days without any without any water, right? Before you, your body, you, I mean, you're going to expire. You need water on a regular basis. It's, that and oxygen are the two things that we need most, more than food or anything else. So we're talking with Nick Jordan. He's the founder of Wells of Life. So is it because in these countries like Uganda and others, there's no clean water available or there's clean water there but they can't get access to it does that make sense you know what i'm saying yeah the latter is 100 percent correct and also the saddest but yet the most uh, possible uh, opportunity water is often as close as 40 feet underneath the ground where a child simply has to die because there is no means to bring the water to the surface when i say means a water well is that component that brings water to the surface. I was actually born in a farmhouse in Ireland that lacked running water for the first couple of years of my life. And I have a memory as a young boy of walking to a well from where my mother carried water. And this really imprinted an image on my mind. And all the years later, what I saw was wow. thousands of women whose entire lives were defined by the task of hauling 40 pounds of water on their head every day for three miles. Oh, my God, because water is heavy, isn't it? You, it, it? you know, it does have weight. Eight pounds Eight per pounds. gallon. So I, I like to remind my children who grew up here in, uh, in Orange County, California, which is a nice place to grow up, that their great-grandparents for and their grandparents on my side for many years didn't have running water either. Matter of fact, when I was growing up and I'd go to my grandparents' house to play, they still had the port, the outlets that they actually used. They were still there. They had knocked them down. And they still had the pump with, put with clean water that they used yes. to use to bring water into the house. It still worked, but it was more of a novelty now and something for the garden, not for the people in the house because they did have running water. So even in this country, it, it wasn't that long ago when people didn't have running water. The good news, I guess, is it's accelerated quickly where a great percentage of the American population now has access to clean water, right, Nick? Oh, absolutely. But the hardest and most difficult task is to actually reach 
people's imagination and, I guess, comprehension. Everybody's children turn on a faucet, flush a toilet, use a water garden hose. That's modern-day life today in America, thank God. But for the most part, uh, if we can connect our minds and our consciousness to the fact that providing water is the most measurable way of loving our fellow man, of serving those that are our brothers and sisters in Uganda or Africa or any country for that matter. And I would also add the easiest thing to do for $6, we can save one life by simply providing water for up to 25 years. Now, there's a lot of problems we can't do much about today, but this is one problem that I truly believe that we can solve in a decade. Okay, so I'm excited by that, and um, we have a few minutes in this block, and let's let's start that conversation, and we can carry it over into the next one. Your your nonprofit, you've titled it Wells of Life. So obviously, a part of the solution that you've identified is being able to reach that water that's so close but yet so far. So what 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 is the process of bringing a well to either a community or to a to a village? I mean, how does that happen in these countries? It's a very straightforward process, and it goes as follows: uh, We have a hydrologist. He tells the uh, drilling crew, "Drill here." We have a machine. It drills within a matter of three to four days. Water is brought to the surface. A hand pump is installed. We have a celebration, and you see about. Well, I guess you see the most amount of joy you can possibly ever witness on this earth when mothers, their children, their families gather around a well that uh, has been donated by a donor, more than likely here in Orange County, a family, a school, a church, a business, a radio show. People explode with joy because it is unconditional love. This family, this community knows that you have actually saved their entire life and their community. So, so when, you, when you put that well in the ground... How many people can it serve? A thousand people on average uh, draw uh, water from one of our wells. A thousand people. And how long will that well be able to provide water to those thousand people? Well, we make a very bold commitment at Wells of Life because we want to be measurable, we want to be transparent, and we want to be around for a 100 years. So we say when you donate a well, which costs $6,000, we will maintain that well for you, the donor, we will tell you on an annual basis how your well is doing because it's not just a one-time donation. Our commitment as a faith-based organization is to instill in our kids, our future generation, the belief that serving others is the greatest way to live. So we also see a benefit to the families and to those that uh, provide the funds here because I had the greatest realization in my life when I traveled to Uganda. Being a hardened real estate professional, having had a plan to retire at 50, having all of the business lined up to where I would not ever have to work again and live from cash flow. I was not prepared for what would happen to my own life when I went to Uganda. And that right there gave me something that I could never have found in Orange County real estate. Wow, that is powerful. All right, we're going to take our first and only short break really short if you're listening to us on the live stream or watching us on facebook don't go anywhere it's one simple message about one of the products or services that critical mass for business does and then we're going to come back and we're going to continue this conversation with nick jordan founder of wells of life we'll be back right after this word from me 
If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. Uh, I hope you're telling people about this organization if you live in Southern California. Uh, Wells of Life Incorporated and its founder, Nick Jordan. We were just talking offline about some of the work that he's and the difference that his organization is making in Africa and in Uganda in particular. And I was excited. I've not met Nick before today, but I was excited to have him on the program because he has an upcoming event which is titled Run for Water. Can, can you tell our audience a bit about Run for Water? I absolutely would love to. But just one or two sentences before I do that, I would like to simply say that Wells of Life is so much more than the founder. We have been really fortunate to attract some of the greatest individuals in Orange County to be part of our advisory board. And I would just love to share that people like Professor David Feldman from UCI, uh, Pete Callahan, who is our president, Greg Weiler, uh, Michelle Jordan, uh, David Linsmeyer, etc. These are incredible people that every day are working and supporting Wells of Life and bringing us to a point where I believe we're going to be the number one or number two charity in Orange County in the next decade. Wow. Okay, thank you for doing that. That was... Sorry, I didn't ask about them, but um, so let's. Can we talk about Run for Water? Yes. Now to get on to Run for Water. Uh, three years ago, uh, my wife Michelle Jordan decided that she would love to have our families come out and for one Sunday do something that mothers across Uganda do. 365 days a year, Mm. which was carry water, 40 pounds of it on their head. So she challenged all of us, men especially, to get out on a track, put on our shoes, and actually carry a jerry can that had 40 pounds of water. Wow. I can only say, without telling on anybody, that we failed miserably. <laughs> we really were unable for the challenge. I would think. So last year, we decided to have our first inaugural run for water in the beautiful Laguna Niguel Regional Park. And we had a spectacular Sunday. We had 600 people wow. running, walking. We had uh, people in wheelchairs. One of my favorite people, most inspiring people, Renee Bondi actually led our event. So the idea behind it is this. Bring our families, our schools, our churches, our individuals, our businesses together for one day and let them see, first of all, how fortunate they are. This is a freebie to all the parents. We can teach your kids that they're very fortunate because you've been telling them this every day. But by doing this, our plan is to raise the funds for this year. The commitment is for 40 wells. So in one day, okay. that's 40 teams. Now, that, it gets a little technical. That's like a quarter of a million dollars. You yes, it raise. is. That's okay. good math. It's okay. obvious that you're a business mind. So the idea behind this is to break down the problem into a smaller set of pieces. Mm-hmm. Each team gets a group together to raise 
the funds for a well, which I've already told you is $6,000. Right. So by doing this, we make it a little bit competitive. Last year, the incredible students at Servite, uh, led by Pasquale Tallarico, won the laurels. They raised almost $10,000. They didn't wow. stop at a well. They kept going. Uh-huh. This year, Mater Day has decided that it's time to take on the bragging rights, and they have joined our group. So I could tell you there's 40 teams. There's lots of interesting groups. There's several incredibly inspiring people. One of my most favorite is a man called Steve Lemire and his son, Andre. Andre is in a wheelchair. His, his uh, dad said, of course I can join your race. What do you need me to do? I will push my son mm. one kilometer so other people can be inspired. And so mothers in Uganda can know that we care, mm-hmm. and we're going to raise funds for a well. That's powerful stuff. So if somebody would like to participate, it's not too late, right? It's, it's not too, People are still It's register. never too late until three minutes before the starting gun, I will take people. <laughs> okay. So how do they do that? Well, they go to our website, which is wellsoflife.org. That's wellsoflife.org. And I'm going to do something rather bold and maybe even foolish, but I am going to give out my personal cell phone number. And I want anybody that has a heart to serve and anybody that wants to make sure that women and children do not have to carry water or die needlessly, my number is 949-584-6166. I did this on the last radio show I did, and we had three people call and fund a well each. Wow. Well, there you go. Throw the gauntlet down. Put Why the not? challenge out there to the critical mass audience. It is about challenging each other, because we can do this. Yes. Okay, our audience knows whenever they hear the gong, if they might have missed what we just talked about, it's time. It's fine to go back. If you're listening to the podcast, then re-listen to the last minute or so of this conversation. How do you go from raising the money to then actually figuring out where in the country is the right place to put these wells. Excellent question. I'm sorry to jump in, but I really want to answer this because it's such a beautiful question. Uh, Uganda is about 37 million people. There's 12 million people in that country that lack water. Wells of Life made a commitment to bring water to one million people by funding and drilling a thousand wells. We got really intentional and we chose one of the 100 districts in Uganda. And over the next five years, we committed to bringing water to every man, woman and child in that entire district to create a scalable model that will work in every district so we can also inspire other charities and NGOs, because we're not the only one that's working in this space. Mm-hmm. But So we can create a measurable metrics for use with other organizations. So how do we know? We have an in-country manager, we have a staff, we have uh, our own equipment. So we have a full setup on the ground in Uganda. We have no problem knowing what to do. We're only limited by the funds we have. Mm. Right now I have 55 communities waiting for a well, praying daily so somebody will answer their prayers and bring them clean water when somebody is ready to call. And and the major governor on your ability to do that is the funding that you require to actually do the projects, it sounds like. Absolutely. And just one really important thing. Uh, we give 100% of funds that are donated to a well specific to, specifically, it's a tough word, to that purpose. Uh-huh. We do not have an overhead that we take out wow. of it. We raise our overhead separately and apart through a legacy gift 
that we have 25 incredible donors and private foundations provide. Mm -hmm. So it gives a mom and dad that are raising funds that are hard-earned dollars the assurance of knowing that 100% of their money is going to this cause. I just couldn't take 25% of little Johnny's $50 and say, well, little Johnny... There is such a thing as overhead. I want you to learn about it. He's not going to learn about it from me, from Wells of Life. We're going to give 100% of his funds. And that really empowers our kids when they know that every penny they bring makes a difference. Right. Is is there a way then that the donors get to see or see the well? Yes. We uh, GPS uh, and track every single location. We provide a plaque on the well that's cemented to the base that provides the name of the donor, or perhaps if somebody donated one in memory of a lost or a loved one, uh-huh. that's provided. Uh, as soon as the well is commissioned and the celebration ends, we take about 50 photographs and we provide this beautiful hardcover bound book that we hand personally to our donors so they're able to share it with their friends. And that's why we've been growing at such a strong pace right. each year because right. we give a measurable accounting of what we provide on behalf of our donors. And let's face it, in the world of business or in the world of charity, you want to find what the best value deal is at the best price and get as much of it as you possibly can. Yeah. And that's Wells of Life. And the impact that you can make, right? The impact that you can make in the world. And this is a very meaningful way to make a positive, lasting impact. I don't think there's any more meaningful way than to save a person's life. And what I would encourage every person that's listening to this podcast to do is to take a moment and consider how you could travel and see firsthand the difference your well or your donation makes. And I know this because I've lived it. Your life will be changed in ways that you could never afford to purchase right now, even if you had the largest checkbook in Orange County. And we all know we all know who that is. Right. Well, you know, uh, unfortunately, Nick, we're, we're out of time here because uh, I, I would love to have a conversation about you with you about the impact on the village or the community once they start you know you said 75 percent of the people are in the hospital because they don't have clean water well, all of a sudden now they're not going to the hospital right those people the 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 quality of life in that village must go up immeasurably well the cycle of poverty is broken and i can honestly just say in in closing miracles happen education becomes a reality and one day a future president, a lawyer, a homemaker, a teacher, a doctor, a brain surgeon will come and have a testimony and say, because somebody cared and provided a water well, I am here standing on this stage right now at Harvard or Princeton or Yale or Duke or wherever because somebody cared. But you have to care enough to act. Yeah, because all the collective time of the women who used to have to walk all those miles carrying that water, they can do other things now like care and crop and do other, just more productive things, right? Higher value things for the community. You're a quick study. What you do is you unleash an incredible catapult of activity and then everything happens because critical mass comes about and that's where sustainable living comes in. Right. Water happens to be the first step. Microfinance, education, medical, all of these take second place to water. You right. must provide water, not as just as a basic human right, just because it's the right thing to do. Right. It's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, you've got to start with the most fundamental, which is after oxygen, it's water. Our, Nick, Jordan, uh, bless you for what you're doing for the people of Uganda and how you're pulling the hearts and the minds of the people here in the United States. Again, one last time, your website? 
wellsoflife.org. I, w- I wish you tremendous success this year in your in your 5K run. I hope that people will find it. It's on Sunday, April 23rd at Laguna Niguel Regional Park. So if you're here in Southern California, this is, sounds like a great way to and bring kids. I mean, I think oh, this is absolutely a- as young as you want. Strollers are perfect, and we will have entertainment. We'll have some ice cream. And we'll have fun. And again, my cell phone is nine four nine five eight four six one six six. Do not be shy. In five minutes' time, I'll be on the other end of that line if you decide you want to call and donate. I'd love to talk to you. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being a friend of the radio show and now a part of the Critical Mass community. We're going to have to have you back on. I, I want to stay aware of what you're doing because it's, it's amazing the work that you're doing. And it reinforces in my mind, ladies and gentlemen, the impact that one person can make in the world. And thank you for making that impact, Nick. Thank you for having me here. All right. All right. This is going to do it for this today's show. Our engineer was none other than Paul Roberts. And our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. I'm your host, Richard Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show or the CEO peer groups that I lead, please visit my company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. 